today we start a brand new series, Define the Relationship. Come on, we're the happy clappies. And um, man, I, you know, when we start relationship series, church, the church fills up. Um, the church fills up. The church fills up uh, three, three times a year, relationship series, Easter, and Christmas. And um, you know, I don't know what that's all about, but that's just kind of how it is, you know, so... But it's going to be great. So I want to give you the synopsis. We are a note-taking church. If you have pen and pad or a phone, whatever you use to take notes, this is the synopsis of Define the Relationship. Here it is. And uh, what we want to deal with is, here it is, how to get the most out of our relationships. How to get the most out of our, out of our relationships. Th- this relationship series is a bit different than, than some you may have listened to. I mean, right now we, we live in a society where at any given moment you, you can YouTube some of the world's greatest communicators and preachers. And, um, but, but the aim here was not necessarily to be different, but as I was being led by, by God's spirit, it, it's, we're going to have some of that singleness and marriage stuff in there. But then the last two weeks deals with our relationship as a church with our city. Um, you see that as you, you see that that's, that's that's different. You don't hear about that much. And then my relationship with the church or your relationship with the local church, that's also a very special relationship, should be a very intimate, sacred thing that we never sacrifice um, because we're called to it. And so the last two weeks will end with that. And um, but but I, I do want to encourage you that no weekend is purely devoted to any one situation. So I, I don't want to put the married folk to sleep and, and devote a whole Sunday to single people. And I don't want to put the single people to sleep and devote a, a whole weekend to married people. And so I'm going to try to navigate, going to try to navigate. I think the last time we were in a relationship series, it kind of got overshadowed. And I haven't prayed about this. You'll, you'll understand this here in a second. I, I prayed about even doing a relationship series because the last time we did a relationship series, uh, following that series was was a pandemic. <laughs> and y'all forgot, like, Mia Moore was a straight-up classic. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was good. Yeah. Sex was all up in there. Yeah. How to date. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. But y'all forgot it because y'all got scared and we, you know, we dispersed and all that stuff and it all happened. So I was praying, like, Lord, we don't want to release... Release a bug. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, it, it's designed for everyone, and, and we're back at it. Define the relationship. See, you don't remember. The, the, first, the first recording was Q&A. It was before the Wake Up Dreamer series. You know, we answered some questions all that. You ought to go back, and it was real good. Anyway, so we're going to deal with Paul in this opening weekend. Paul and, and the church in Corinth. And, and Paul had a number of challenges in leading the church. If you're taking notes, I'm already preaching. He had a number of challenges for leading the church in Corinth, namely was relationships. They wrote Paul letters as he traveled the world and as he was launching churches and raising up leaders and raising up pastors. They would write him letters about certain issues, and one was relationships. I mean, you had single people wanting divorces. You had... Uh, I mean, single people wanting to be married, married people not wanting to be married. You had people who wanted to be with people that they just had no business being with. And then there was a group in the church in Corinth that believed that sex was evil. So you had married people who stopped having sex. Sorry if your kids are there. And um, they, they, they wanted to divorce because they thought it was evil altogether due to the culture that they were in. And so Paul had to address a lot of gray matter with the church in Corinth. And so I encourage you for homework over the next two weeks before we transition to the city and the church. I want you to read chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's going to be your homework for the next two weeks. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And it's all about singleness and marriage. And Paul gives some, some of his opinions about what he thinks. What I, one thing I love about 1 Corinthians 7 is Paul doesn't say that everything is purely from God. He says, I, I say this as a concession or 
it's my opinion, but it's given by God. You know what I mean? It's Holy Spirit inspired. Right. So when people ask you, like, you know, can you find a verse to support that? It's like, yeah, I can find a verse to support it. But can we just have a talk like what I'm saying is biblical? Can you just trust me? You know what I mean? And so this is what Paul is saying. He's like, yeah, we can try to go to Exodus. We can try to read Ruth and Boaz and and we can try to read Solomon. But this is just wisdom. You know what I mean? And so this is where we're going to dive in right here. First Corinthians chapter seven. You ready? Verse six. It says this here. I say this as a concession. Not as a command. There it is. But I wish everyone were single, (laughs) just as I am. Got some single folk already. See, it's going to be a great series. Single people are like, you tripping, Paul. I don't know. I'm trying to get married. Yet each person, here it is, has a special gift from God. Of one kind or another. Someone say gift. Yeah. We often don't see our status as such. But the man of God, inspired by the Spirit, says that it is a gift. Someone say gift. Yeah. I remember uh, distinctly two, two, two years ago, not this Christmas, but the Christmas before. Judah, I love my baby, but... My babies don't pay any bills. So the least you can do is use them for a sermon illustration. They can, they can contribute some way, you know, to what the Lord's doing. A little bit, you know. And so anyway, I love my, my child to death. But he, he had the best Christmas a five-year-old could ever ask for. But, but his fulfillment was short-lived. Because, you know, you, 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 you wake up and I don't know how y'all do it, but we, we do it early in the morning. Like when I met my wife, I'm like, I, I love y'all, but I can't do this midnight stuff. Like <laughs> y'all are dancing and it's loud. I, I love all my, my Spanish folk. I love y'all to death. Y'all are like half of my base, but, you know, I can't. I got to be real, you know. That's why I can't never be a politician. I don't care what you think. Like, you either go vote for me. I'm a preacher. So anyway. Um, no, I just told her, I said, babe, like, when, when we did the marriage thing, and we'll talk about that next Sunday, I'm like, how are we going to do Christmas? And, I mean, she's such an amazing wife. She said, however you want to do it. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm getting up there in age. And, you know, at 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I'm done. And they're already cutting it out. <laughs> and my hips is losing oil, and I, I can't, I can't boogie, you know what I mean? So, and she'll tell you, parties, where's Josh? Where's Josh? I'm in the room. Like, I don't like being around people. I love y'all, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm getting in trouble. So, I, um, yeah, so uh, we wake up early in the morning. That's how we do it. And so, you know, you bring them to the tree, and they're the presents, they're the gifts, and it's like, yeah, they're going to have the best Christmas ever, especially when you were, you were Santa and all that stuff. You stayed up late rapping, opens the gifts. Yay! 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 I wanted this gift! Yay! I, I wanted this gift! And they get all their gifts, Francie. And, and this, this, will, this is really going to get under your skin when your kids get older. It's like, but... But where's that dot, dot, dot thing that I asked for? It's like, but, you know, his fulfillment was so short-lived because he, all of his value lifted off of what he already had. And it was placed on something that wasn't even in his reach. And as his parents, it wasn't our will for him in that season. And, and so wherever his value went, his joy and his peace went. And so pa- Paul is dealing with the church in Corinth and he's like, I really don't know how to address thousands of you, but, but, but to say whatever, I wish all y'all were single. Preachers get tired. You know what I mean? I just wish all y'all were single, but, 
Ah, he says this. The Lord has given each of you a special gift. And um, what I want to entitle this message is, go ahead and write this down. It's a gift. It's a gift. Paul says, whatever your situation, singleness is, is a gift from God. Um, if your marriage is struggling right now, it's, it's still a gift from God. Marriage is, is a gift from God. And what I want to do is I want to I unwrap some of these gifts. Can we do that? Can, can we look in them and, and, and see? Because to me, when you, when you get a gift, you want to figure out what's on the inside of it. But before we, un, we're going to go singleness marriage first. But before we unwrap the gift of singleness, I do want to put out a few disclaimers to, to set you free, my single folk. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for freedom? All right. Number one, go ahead and write this down. Singleness is not a curse. Singleness is not a curse, nor is it a cuss word. You're okay. You're not cursed, and you're not a walking cuss. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's a snow weekend, and I, I don't really... The Lord knows I got something against him this weekend. Yes. All right, next thing is... Singleness disclaimer here. You don't have the cooties if you're single. You don't have the cooties. <laughs> this should be blessing you. You don't have the cooties. You'd you be feeling that way, though, right? Nobody want to be around me. N nobody wants me. Y'all remember growing up, especially in grade school. You know, first through fifth, mostly, because I think we grew out of that middle school. Some of us, some of y'all didn't, but, you know, and it, it, was, it was with the opposite, the opposite sex, right? It was like, you got the cooties, and you had to cross your fingers, because if they touched you, you know what I mean? And, and so some of y'all carry this burden, like, I'm single, no one wants to touch me or talk to me. You don't, you don't got the cooties, okay? Y'all Okay. It's going to be a long message. We need to get out of here. <laughs> I haven't even got to the first point. And, and another thing real quick, and then we'll get into it. You, I want to encourage you. You are not damaged goods. Okay? You're not damaged goods. So with that, let's unwrap the gift of singleness. And, and the, first, the first thing that we find when we unwrap it is, before we go into this, I, I want the married people to lean in right now, because I think it's like when you cross that finish line, you feel as though you've like championed singleness. Can I be, I'm being too real today. Some of y'all just rolled on in. You just rolled over. You know what I mean? God, God blessed you. You married, but you, you just made it. You know what I mean? So don't, don't, don't come in here. I'm a professional single person, and I got married. No, you, you, you made it, all right? So don't, don't tune me out right now. <laughs> Put your hands together so I can preach. Lord Jesus, help me. It's like, I don't need to listen right now. I'm saying, you know, no, I'm married. No, no, I'm just saying, like, there are some principles from singleness that still roll over. And, and then when I get to the marriage gift, there are some things you want to know as you're, you're believing God, okay? And so let's first, un, the first thing is freedom. The gift of singleness, freedom. And, and Paul says this here, we're going to go a little bit down, verse 25. He says, now regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted. And I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, there's a lot of stuff going on in the church. I think it is best you remain as you are. So whether you're single or married, Paul is saying remain there. Don't, don't force God's hand. And he says this here, verse 27, if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, here it is, however, it's almost like but, you know what I mean? Like, so, so, all right, however, 
those who get married, those who get married at this time, here it is, will have troubles. And I'm trying <laughs> too real. It's too real. And I'm trying to spare you those problems. Someone say problems. problems. Don't, don't, don't see you did the B. Online, say problems. problems. There it is. <laughs> Let's skip down to verse 32. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities. How to please his wife. I want frosted flakes. You want honey nut Cheerios. His interests are divided. In the same way. So, I, you know, Rachel, I don't see how people say the Bible's boring. This is... It's better than soap operas, man. This is good. But I don't even know. Verse 34. His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord in holy in body and in spirit. But uh, I'm on the right verse. Okay. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Verse 35 in conclusion. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with few, as few distractions as possible. So as we unwrap the gift of singleness and we get into freedom, go ahead and write this down. What Paul is saying is here it is, you're free from the pressures and concerns of another. Essentially, what's yours is yours and nobody else's. And um, I mean, like I was jokingly saying, you know, the, the cereal and and the this and the that. I, I remember distinctly um, when, when PK and I were friends at first, and um, she, she did have a child. And so when, when she first came to the Lord, her, her circle, as we talked about last Sunday, got very small, right? And so she depended on me and like her mom, and uh, Jay really didn't have childcare. And so one of the first things that happened was she would call me to come over and and watch him. And as a single man, I mean, that, that just shows right there, like that 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. slot you used to have because she's at work or 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., it's gone. Because now you're a friend of someone who has a child and it may go, it may, it may work, it may not. But that, that added pressure because I was also studying for medical school. And so... um. I actually potty trained Jay as Pastor Kyra's friend, right? And so what, what Paul is saying here, he's saying like, he's, he, he's, I'm not trying to place restrictions on you. He's saying, I just need you to know that once you step into a relationship, you're going to lose some freedoms, right? And some of y'all like, take all my freedom. I just want a boot. You know what I mean? I don't even care, Paul. Just take, take it all. But seriously, what's yours is yours. Your time, your money, your, your, your comings and your goings. And Pastor Josh might shoot you a text and say, I need you at this event. And I don't hear back from you for a week because you all tied up with your boo thing. You ain't free like you used to be. You know what I'm saying? And, and so he's saying that the second thing when we undo it is freedom. But number two is time. Go ahead and write that down. Your time. Your time. Um. I remember when, when, when I first came to Christ, y'all have heard this before, I was dating one girl, talking to another, and it was real. We were no longer playing church anymore, much like many of you in here. You ain't playing church. You're doing the G, your Jesus relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so within two weeks, definitely dropped the one I was talking to. My girlfriend, I told her, I said, look, I, we can't do this anymore. Like, you, you can't spend the night. Um, a, B, C, X, Y, Z. We, we can't do this anymore. And she tried the church thing, but never got on board with the Jesus thing. And so that was the end of that relationship. This was the beginning of seven years of optimizing my, number two, time. Yeah, yeah. Unra un unwrapping the gift of, 
of time. And I mean, during this time, the Lord completely washed me. I had a past history, but for seven, seven years, purity. When, when you engage these gifts, we, we drop the sex thing. We, Paul said it. We're going to honor the Lord with our bodies. We, we dropped the sex thing seven years. That wasn't easy, but it was necessary, and it was worth it. And, and, and one thing that, that Paul is really alluding to is go ahead and write these things down. When you have time, number one, you have time to grow in your faith. Grow in your faith. This is where the diving into God's word. Lengthy hours. Falling, falling in love with Jesus. The, the one who I didn't know, but he had created my wife. He was working on that person, preparing that person for me, but falling in love with him. Jesus said that the first command is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, body, strength, and your soul. So giving him your all, you have time to devote yourself to, here it is, prayer. Prayer. I think if you're going to be a spouse one day, you ought to have a prayer life. Come on. Be- before, before you get married, you ought to have communication with the Lord. And I also tell you this about growing in your faith. For me, it was seven years of healing from the past. Right. Yeah. Paul is saying you, you need some time to heal. Because there are some things that were done in your home. There's some interactions. You saw your mom interact with certain guys or with your father. You saw your father interact with your mom or other women. And there are certain things that were tattooed in your soul, in your mind. And you thought that those things were okay. Or, or you had certain interactions with cousins or uncles or siblings that just was not good. And then you grew up and you got into certain relationships right? And so you need that time. Paul is saying you need that time to heal. You you need that time to have counseling. You need to find a a good group, a healthy church. You you need to find a healthy pastor. You need to find people and community to begin to heal because the person I'm preparing you for does not deserve a broken you. If if I'm, listen, this, this is the thing. If I'm preparing someone for you, and they're getting healthy. I need you to utilize this time to get healthy. Not perfect, but healthy. So he's saying like, when you unwrap the gift of singleness, part of God's thing is for you to to heal. The second thing is number two, is it gives you time to serve God. Time to serve God. Time to serve God. During these seven years, Personally, I made church a practical priority. Someone say priority. Priority. A priority. Make church a practical priority. And so, got into the word, read the scripture, but you could find me in church every Sunday and every Tuesday because my time wasn't tied up. And, And I love this component about being single is because, man, when I first started serving in the church, I would say it was a month in that I had a revelation. Uh, it was such a big revelation. You ready for this? Yeah. That I am selfish. <laughs> I got a few laughs. Extremely selfish. Come on. Because, you know, you come in, you get on fire for the Lord, He saved you. You fall in love with him. You walk to your car crying like a baby because you love Jesus. But when the pastor say, all right, time to get here and sweep and serve and clean up and give and all that. After you start getting the frivolous over with the man Jesus and he calls you to the house he's building and two or three months sets in, you're like, I was on fire like a month ago, but I I think I want to sleep this one in. But if you're really tracking with the Holy Spirit and you're allowing him to talk to you, he'll just straight up tell you something like, you selfish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. I'm selfish. 
And, and so as when you're single, you have time to devote yourself to the local church. And, and if you're wise, you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work on you because there's no way you can be praying for a great marriage and be a selfish person. I won't. That's good, preacher. That's good. Preach that. So as I serve with my heart, working out that selfishness, working out that, that anger, building humility and humbleness. You need that. But the, 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 the local church is training ground for future greatness. Because it's in the unseen, it's in the private discipline where the public reward is revealed. And so when people see like, oh, they're blessed, they're a power couple, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that is nothing. That's that. It's built on substance, you know? And so Paul is saying, you, you have, he's saying, stay as you are. Don't, don't worry about like, like, I know you just got divorced, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about that. Stay as you are because now you have time to become the person that God, that God wants you to be. And then the third thing with time is you have time to discover and pursue calling. It's time, man. It's, a, it's an amazing gift. T- time is the only thing that we can't get back. Yeah. And so y- y'all remember, if you're going to define calling, here it is. Uh, calling is a fancy word for responsibilities. That's what your calling is. Calling. Calling. So uh, what's calling out to you right now is the question. Your, your job is calling. That, that's your calling. Your, your kids are calling. That's your calling. Um, um, your church is calling. That is calling. Your parents are calling. That is calling. A lot of people, when we think, man, I, what is my calling? What is my purpose? It's what's calling out to you. Mm-hmm. It's what's in your hands right now. And so when, when you're single, you have full time to be devoted to your calling. I love Adam. Adam, here it is. <laughs> You always got to go back to Genesis. Adam discovered and pursued his calling. And what I love about Adam, here it is. Watch this. We're still in relationship series. Adam knew who he was and where he was going before God brought Eve. Thanks, Rhoda. You're catching. The problem is this, and it's been happening since Adam. So many people throughout the course of history don't know who they are, right. and don't, they don't know who they're going, right. and they get together. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Well, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm right here with you. Right. I'm right here with you. And, and it's caused this cycle for millennia yeah. of brokenness and dysfunction. Yeah. But when you're single, you have time, and I've already revealed what your calling is, to just embed yourself in those things. And, 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 and so let's go ahead and read this. Genesis 2, 18. It says this here. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now that principle is pervasive. We talked about that same verse, but in context, he was talking about Eve. Okay. We talked about that verse weeks ago. Skip down to verse 21. So the Lord caused the man to fall into deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought to her the man. I'm sorry. And he brought her to the man. At last, Adam exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone. She ain't no lion. She ain't no tiger. She ain't no shark. Flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman. Someone say woman. Because she was taken from man. Ooh, it's so much in that. I didn't even write notes on that. I sh- no, I'm not going to go. But it's so much. She was taken from me. Time, singleness, she was taken. Uh, I'll deal with that later. Verse 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. I can totally relate to Adam, my single people. Married people don't miss this. There's so much marriage principles and all these points, but I can totally relate to Adam. 
gave my life to Jesus. I'll say it was about five, five years, five years into my walk. I moved back home. And um, ah, this feels so great. I moved back home. And uh, I was devoted to a number of things. Helping my parents at home. Bills, yard, dishes, garbage, all that. I was, I was a good adult kid at home. <laughs> Trying to get out of there, but, you know, <laughs> couldn't afford my own place quite yet. Um, work, had a full-time job. I was studying for my MCAT to take and apply to medical school in my local church. So home, work, studies, local church. Doing my thing. I mean, look, this is Orlando, Florida. It's like summer, spring, year round. It's like no clothes on year round. I don't got a church. I don't got a holy church. Can I talk real? It's like Daisy Dudes. Yeah, okay, all right, we'll keep going. All right. All right, we good? We good? All right. And I'm 24. But, you know, I'm, I'm embedded. I'm good. I, I don't got to go to Walt Disney World, Pleasure Island. I don't have to go out to City Walk tonight. I, I just don't have to be there. Because if I go, I'm going to get in trouble. I, I'm, I, I am where God wants me to be. And it's where I want to be. So on off days, I would go to Barnes and Nobles all day. Days I got off, I would go to Barnes & Noble, East Colonial Drive. Y'all don't know nothing about that. <laughs> and uh, I've told this story before, but I, I thought it would do well if I would illustrate it. One day, and it was books exactly like this, commentaries and John Maxwell. I had my MCAT study books here. And one day I went, and it was so full. But I'm embedded. Got my Bible, my med books. My commentaries, different translate. I'm embedded. I'm loving it. I'm fine. I don't have a void in me. I'm not looking to be with anybody. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like Adam. I was asleep. Am I calling? That brother was so embedded in his calling. God had to put him to sleep. God, I'm preaching already. Put your hand. And so I'm, I'm doing my thing, and it was full one day, but. You know, I'm the weird Bible guy. I'm sure everyone's walking by like, trying to get next to the Bible guy. And I'm doing my thing, and it's full. And then God sends a PYT my way. And um, (laughs) this is going to be good tomorrow. I'm going to watch it twice. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. It's Saturday. We're pre-recording. I felt so bound not saying that. That's why I'm upset. I'm preaching on Saturday. Anyway. And so, no, she, she comes and y- y'all know the story. Um, I'm so sorry. There is no room in this whole store. This is the only chair. May I sit with you? And I say the famous line. You can have a... <laughs> Oh, my God. And the rest is history. Put our hands together for that. All right, there you go. That's that. She's, you know, you can have all the space in the world. And that's, that was that. Was that. Oh, I didn't want to miss the point. And I, I meant to say it sitting down. It would have hit better. Here it is. This is the point. I, I, this is the revelation. Here it is. Go ahead and write this down. I'm not called to singleness. I'm called to focus. So singleness is not a calling. I I think when, if if you get deep enough in your relationship with God, he'll lead you and he'll clarify things, but it's not like this pervasive. That's why Paul is saying, if it were up to me, Paul's like, I don't know what to tell you. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But I want my single people to be encouraged. You're not called to be single. You're called to 
to to focus. You call it to to just 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 be focused. And and if you be focused, God will put you to sleep and and bring someone from you who's not going to complete you but complement you. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I love it. It says God brought her to him. So that tells me something about being single. And even in marriage, you need to water your own yard. But like, you you don't go looking. Don't go looking. Got to make it clear and it'll flow and y'all have the talks and y'all flirt and it'll come together. But don't don't go like Rebecca. I'm, this is about to be a whole single message. I got, I'm going to cover marriage in five minutes. We got to go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like Rebecca, if, if you go back and read Genesis, um, Abraham had already sent Eleazar to find Isaac a wife. But Rebecca just showed up at the well every day. She was embedded. Yeah. And, and she would water camels and, and give... And I mean, those gallons of buckets were five gallons per bucket for if a man would stop by a well, she was a woman who had to lift those gallons, feed those camels. But her consistency when no one else was watching. And before you know it, here is Eleazar and Eleazar is praying, Lord, give me favor, Lord Jesus. I got to find this kid's wife. God had already prepared Isaac for her. Her job was just to stay focused on the Lord and her calling and stay rooted in the church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't do it. Too many of us, we make the mistake. Lord, you promised me in six months he'd be here. No, it might be more like six years, but stay, stay put. I don't, I don't know, you know. So here it is. The g- <laughs> we got to go. The gift of marriage. Let's unwrap it real quick. No, no, the first gift, the first thing what we find is here it is favor. Favor. First things are important. And, and God established three institutions in the world that are still functional today the church, government, and marriage. But the first one he established was marriage between a man and and a woman. Because we, we got that question for Q&A last year. What, what is Highlight's views? Now it's, in, it's out in the world. Our view is God's view on marriage. Nothing has changed. It's still between a man and a woman. And so God established the, the marriage institution first. Why is, why is it important? It's important because marriage is used as a source of stability. Go ahead and take these notes down. Stability for for homes, neighborhoods, cities, and nations. Great churches are built on healthy marriages. Governments are impacted and shifted by healthy marriages. And and so, and you got to look at the enemy, right? The first thing the enemy attacked in human history, it was not the animals. He didn't take a a chainsaw and start cutting down trees in the garden. He didn't start picking fruit. He didn't mess with he didn't mess with Adam's money. He did not mess with his job. This is why God the enemy doesn't care if you get successful. Jesus said, What good is it to make all this money and lose your soul? Like Satan knows where to strike. The first thing the enemy hit was the marriage. Because if I can break down the home, I can break down the world. And and so first things are important. There's a favor on marriage. This is nothing against being single, but there's a grace that God releases on marriage. And it's scientifically proven you can do all the research, and some of the practical benefits of marriage is that, number one, they say uh, you get a chance to experience better finances. Better finances. Most married people will die in a solid financial state if they're doing it right. Uh, they also say better health if the marriage is healthy. 
and they say longer life. So there's a favor on marriage. This is why in marriages you have to learn to forgive and forgive quickly. And you got to understand that we're all growing. We're all on a journey. We need to talk about this because what's at stake is the favor of God. What's that verse I got there? Proverbs. Go ahead and throw that up. Proverbs 18, 22. It says a man's greatest treasure is his wife. (laughs) Y'all are too excited about these. (laughs) She is a gift. Someone say gift. There it is from the Lord the favor of God. Number two, friendship. 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 I like to believe this. I like to believe that you should like your spouse just as much as you love them. Some, some, some people are, 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 are stuck in marriages with people that they don't like, but they won't divorce based on the premise of religion. But you, you ought to, it's went from being great friends to being amazing, and marriage has been even better. But friendship, enjoyment for my married people, laughter. Do you laugh still? Do you laugh like you used to? Do you travel? Like uh, Sunday is going to be a special day. Are you preparing for that day? Or is it like, ah, I got a full week. How am I going to get to the store? You know what I mean? It's important. If you're a great person, your spouse is going to make you 100 times better. I was talking to my barber about this, about about my wife, and I just said, man, he asked me a question about, he said, did you always see her as the one? And and I was was honest. I said, no, because coming into the relationship, there was already a a thing or, or scenario that, I just didn't want coming into it, but, but I grew into it and I said, but I will tell you that whenever you're looking for a spouse, don't just look for the looks are important. Don't just look for the looks. Don't just, but look for someone who can make you better. Are they good in the areas that you're not so good at? Can you compliment each other? It's a friendship. Marriage, friendship and marriage is this. Write this down. This is from last year, and I'm recalling it. Friendship and marriage is this. It is lifelong partners cultivating lifelong friendship. It's like lifelong partners cultivating lifelong friendship. If you're not careful, your marriage can end at the ceremony. We put so much into the ceremony that we forget that the life of the marriage is in the marriage itself. Yes. This is why you'll, you'll go, you'll, you'll take days off, you'll spend hundreds of dollars, you'll go over to California to your best friend's wedding, and four months later, they're talking to divorce. Because there was a lot of emphasis on the ceremony, but there was an emphasis on being friends. And then number three, we're going to close it out. Y'all okay? Yeah. As we unwrap the gift of marriage, it's fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Genesis 1.27 says this. So God created human beings in his own image. <clears throat> in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. Then God blessed them and said, here it is, be fruitful. Someone say fruitful. fruitful. And multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. You see how God blessed the marriage? And it's a lot more than having kids, but he was saying like, I want healthy, godly marriages to fill the earth. Because I'm, I'm going to move. The word fruitful means to produce a prosperous outcome. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. Yeah. Be fruitful. The gift of marriage is for your prosperity and God's glory. Yeah, come on. Be fruitful. So good. Be fruitful. 
And for my single people, it's worth waiting on. Be fruitful. Raising children with your best friend. You can write that down. That's fruitfulness. Raising children with your best friend, releasing them into their destiny, raising them up in the house of God. Be fruitful. Plan and strategize with your best friend. That's being fruitful. Every marriage should have a spiritual plan, a financial plan, and a physical plan. I wish I could get into all that, but plan and strategize. Communication is so important. And the the third thing here is impact the world with your best friend. Marriages cannot exist within themselves and for themselves. Like, for me and PK, our marriage, I can't be all about her, and she can't be all about me. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because at a certain point, I'm going to offend her. And, And that's the trap a lot of single people run into. I need someone that's all about me. But you forget that you're broken. And if they're all about you and you hurt them, and they no longer become about you, you lose them. So it's a little bit about you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm here. I'm devoted to you. But it ain't all about you. And I don't want you to just be about me. I want us to be about him. Him. It's about him. And it's about this. PK and I wouldn't be any good to y'all if we were just all about us and we were tucked away. God blessed us with this marriage to bless the world. God bless you with your marriage to bless the world. And, and I, w- I would go as far as saying this, that building the local church has been the greatest catalyst of our marriage. And that's, that's what we're going to continue to keep at the center. D- don't let me marry y'all. And six months later, y'all out the door. Because you got what you wanted from God. Don't forget that it was God who brought you together. Center your marriage on something greater than your marriage. And it'll never stop growing. It'll never stop prospering. It'll never stop moving forward. And then most importantly, just encourage you, wherever you are, marriage, we're going to, let's just bow our heads, let's pray. Marriage or single, the most important relationship that we can have and cultivate is our relationship with Jesus. And so even now, our heart goes out to marriages that are struggling I just want to encourage you, couple, to face face Christ again. Mom, dad, husband, wife, trust Jesus again. The solution and the peace is not found in your spouse. It's found in the Lord. Let him heal that marriage. There's still goodness in that person. There's still treasure in that person. Let the Lord have his way in your home. Let the Holy Spirit flow from wall to wall, from ceiling to floor. Let him have his way in your discussions. Give your heart to the Lord today. Your best days are ahead. For my single people, trust God. Trust God. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be focused. 
And if it's the Lord's will, he'll, he'll bring that person. But find your fulfillment in him. God won't give you to just anybody until he knows that you fully have found your satisfaction in him. He loves you too much. Wait on the Lord. Grow. Worship. Get healthy. Get whole. Heal. Don't give your body away. You're too valuable. Father, we love you. We trust you. God, I pray healing over marriages. Ooh. Healing within homes. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to call marriages back to you, Lord. I pray for those who are married to unbelievers, that you would give them the strength and grace that they need to be the beacon of light in their home. And God, I pray that your spirit and your love would fall on those spouses who have yet to find you, that you would reveal yourself to them and the good news that you died for them, you love them, and that they can look to their believing spouses as examples of your love. Call them, save them, Lord. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to do a prayer of salvation. Maybe today you want to give your heart to God. Maybe you've been running from God, but today is your day. You're going to come to the Lord. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and your life is going to be changed forever. Hallelujah. And if you say, Pastor Josh, include me in that prayer. Today, I want, I want my life to change. I'm watching. God has been speaking. I'm turning to God. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. I believe that he rose from the grave. Forgive me. I repent. Lord Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. And I am yours. Change me, Lord, from the inside out and give me the grace to hold on to you until you call me home. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate that. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Wow. Wow. Is that a good message? Good word? All right, love you guys. Come on, let's celebrate one more time. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.